Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Not a great day in the markets today, but boy, the fund flows. These internals continue to look good. We'll cover all that. I'll give you the details first. Dow Jones down 219 on the day, just off the lows, closing at 29,263. SP 500 also down about the same amount, seven tenths of a percent at 35.57. Nasdaq down uh, four tenths of one percent at 11.854. And Russ 2000, our winner on the day, continuing to power higher, up nine tenths of one percent. That is good news for the U.S. economy. Of course, 75 percent of all small caps make their money domestically, and that is a good sign for the U.S. economy. Not a surprise, really. Look at what's happening in housing, uh, just surging housing numbers, both on uh, new builds and uh, resales. And then you look at transportation and rail, what's happening there. I mean, these are telling you that the U.S. economy, regardless of who winds up being president, uh, we believe is going to be Trump. Matter of fact, we strongly believe it's going to be Trump. As crazy as it's going to sound to some of you listening to this, I'll talk more of that, about that in just a moment as well. But it's a win-win for the markets. This is our view. We've given a lot of thought. As you know, if you've been listening here, we were aggressively long uh, it, it, during coronavirus. We aggressively added to positions about three days before the March 23rd bottom. Uh, said often that the Dow Jones would hit 30,000 by the end of the year. That's when it was 18,000. So it was kind of a bold call. And we're almost there now. And uh, we also said this election didn't matter. The market was going to go up either way, and that's what's happened as well. What's key, though, is what's going to happen next. And here's, here's, here's mine and Tyler's thought process. We're going to be in for a shock. The markets are going to be shocked very soon when these legal cases begin to make their way through the courts. Remember, the Trump team has not lost a legal court case. Uh, surrogates, other interested parties have filed lawsuits. They've lost some of those cases. Many of those were filed before the election even took place. But the Trump team has only filed three official lawsuits, maybe one more today. I think it's four now. And the way we view this is that the market is not quite prepared for what's going to come. The market believes, actually the market's figured it out too. It really doesn't matter. Biden or Trump, the market goes up. It's just it's too much cash in, too much uh, funny money in the form of Fed QE, too much stimulus, again, $4 trillion in stimulus added to the economy. So the economy is on um, actually pretty good footing. It's not going to be on great footing at the end of the year for a lot of folks that might be evicted from their apartments and that student loan payments have to resume. People have to start making mortgage payments again. Those programs end uh, at the end of this year unless something is done. But the markets view this as a win-win because if Trump does win, that's great news. Why market's going to soar. It's, it's Trump. He's all about the economy. He's all about capitalism and free markets. On the flip side, if Biden wins, he will get nothing accomplished. Nothing. He'll get minor wins that are given to him. He'll sign some executive orders that will be challenged in court. Most will not ever be put into place and never be legal, in fact, but the House is almost a tie now. Matter of fact, of the outstanding uh, 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 Dem and, and, and Republican challenges remain, I, I think there's like eight remaining challenges out there. And Republicans looking very good in those. So we could have a House that could be very close to being tied. 
and it's not that far now. So, again, Senate is uh, held in Republican hands. Looks like it should remain that way, barring more fraud in Georgia with their two Senate uh, uh, runoffs coming up here. Uh, and, of course, the Supreme Court is, is firmly in conservative hands at 6-3. So the, the Biden will just bring gridlock. We've talked about that a lot. So it's a win-win. But in the very short term, and again, we focus long term, but we also want to be prepared short term. In the very short term, here's the key, a couple of keys. The markets are extreme overbought. Now, they've, they've come off that a little bit as the market's gone sideways, even declined this week a bit. Uh, so the extreme overbought levels aren't really in place right now, but when they were three days ago. So we're just off of those. And people really aren't prepared for what's coming with uh, so, some of these coronavirus lockdowns, we don't believe, because they're only going to get worse in Democrat-run states. They just happen to be huge states, California, New York, etc. So this is typically what happens in markets. If you've joined us here, you know we say that when the markets hit extreme overbought levels, that's when bad things tend to happen. And we think that's what's probably going to be on the docket uh, for the next week or two weeks as this uh, move to the Supreme Court on multiple cases goes forward. And that's how we see it. I'd encourage you, if you don't follow me on Twitter, do follow me on Twitter. I'd encourage you, though, to look at the affidavit that was filed today by one of Trump's outstanding attorneys, Lynn Wood, uh, the same attorney that represented the, uh, the Catholic Covington kid uh, against major media, getting, getting, him, getting him huge amounts of money there for uh, defaming that, uh, the child, really. But Lynn Wood's a superstar, and today he drops an affidavit, an affidavit by Marine that worked in Venezuela when they had the Dominion and Smartmatic technology installed there. Hugo Chavez did that to make sure, quote unquote, he never lost an election again. And they, the pattern was the same. As we remember on election night, all of a sudden they just stopped counting votes in some states. It happened to be all dim run states, all important swing states. They just turned off the machines. And that's the way they knew to, they could tabulate the vote totals for Trump and find out how many fraudulent votes they have to come up with. And uh, this, uh, this Marine that, that uh, filled out this affidavit, eight pages, it's an amazing read, uh, walks through how he knew that when they turned off the systems here, that that was the key. That's the same thing they do in Venezuela. Other countries have come forward and said it's the same thing has been happening in our country. That's how they rig elections. Folks, this is happening. Now, this market may well continue to climb a wall of worry, but again, at extreme overbought, bad things tend to happen. That's how we're positioned. We've taken some profits. We've put on some hedges here at the VRA. And then trust me, if we get the sell-off that we're looking for, we will look to go aggressively long into year end. Fund flows are coming in, as I mentioned earlier, and they are significant. Uh, Record-setting, record-setting. Two-week inflows globally. A lot of money sloshing around. And at the same time, cash is at almost record, record low levels. And uh, short interest is at lowest levels in at least 16 years. So this is fear of missing out. This is FOMO. And short interest, I think I mentioned, is also at all-time lows. So all of this adds up to people being full-on bullish, which sounds great. But if you're a contrarian, and we are, it's not great for the markets. That's when risk tends to make itself known over the short term. So there you go. That's what we've been walking our folks through. There you have it. We are medium to long-term bullish. We remain short-term 
cautious and concerned. That's our discipline. That that's how we uh, that's how we uh, add to positions here, take some profits uh, uh, over over the course of time. Also, by the way, today the, the fix today uh, did finish higher after being lower all day, even when the Dow was down. 240 points at one time. The VIX was still lower. It did finish higher by 2.6%. The 10 years all the way back down now to 0.82%. So uh, you got you got money coming back into bonds in heavy fashion as well. Uh, let's take a look today at our uh, sector watch. Now, first, we'll start with our uh, market summary, uh, the internals. Uh, again, these are just rock-solid numbers. Even with the losses today, again, a couple hundred points in the Dow, uh, 50 points in, in NASDAQ. NASDAQ had positive readings across the board. Uh, slightly positive uh, advanced decline, but volume was positive by 1 billion shares. You just don't see that on a day where the NASDAQ's down 50. It, and we, we've seen it all throughout this week. A lot of money com- coming into the uh, work-from-home stocks. Uh, again, they're gearing up for what looks to be increased levels of lockdowns, curfews, restrictions, etc., and uh, as we move into winter, folks, uh, we, we don't think that's going to get much better. Idiots, all of them. Uh, new 52-week lo- highs to lows came in. Again, booming numbers today. What is about 280, 290 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 15 hitting new 52-week lows. Our sector watch, 10 of our 11 S&P 500 sectors closed lower on the day, led by technology down 1%, industrials down 9 tenths of 1%, and financials down eight tenths of one percent. You know, after the financials, you know, this this move to kind of a rotation from growth to value, the financials really got on a on a, on a really good run here, and uh, that's not been the case for the last four days. BKX, the bank index today, down a big one point four percent. We are watching that closely as well. And finally, our commodity watch today, uh, gold today uh, up eight dollars an ounce at eighteen sixty nine. Silver. Up 16 cents announced at 24.61. Oil today also having a nice run, up 54 cents a barrel at 42.44. Bitcoin, Bitcoin up 641 18.575. Continuous sharp move higher, up 3.4 percent today. Actually hit 18,800 today as highs. That puts it right at about a thousand below its all-time high of I think three years ago. Now time flies, doesn't it? I have to say one thing about Bitcoin. You know, uh, we, we talk about it often here. We bought it a long time ago. We still like Bitcoin. But I, I'm now seeing now seeing the same people that I don't trust, right? The, the ones that go on CNBC and Bloomberg and talk their book up. They say they're buying something when they're actually selling it. And there's no, raw, there's no law against that, no rule against that even. CNBC and Bloomberg even know they're doing this and they still put them on air. Those same fools are now saying that Bitcoin is going to add a zero to the end of it next year, possibly. And that, and this is the part I love most, that Bitcoin is going to replace gold. When I see things like that, I'm very tempted to start selling my Bitcoin. Very tempted. Because the one thing that's not going to happen, folks, is gold's not going to be replaced by anything. Take that to the bank. I'll put my, uh, I'll put my hand in the Bible and you can remind me in the future if I'm wrong about this. Look, without question, funds have moved out of gold into Bitcoin, or maybe people just stopped buying gold, and now they're surging into Bitcoin. Again, the crowd tends to attract a lot of latecomers in moves like this. But gold's been the currency, the only real currency on the planet 
for 6,000 years. You can say silver as well, also industrial metal. 6,000 years, gold has been the currency, has been the hedge against fiat currency, false money, fake money. That's not going to change because of Bitcoin. I would, I'm probably not going to sell Bitcoin, but I'm seeing the signs that tell me this move probably is not going to continue sharply higher. The open interest is just surging. So it's a mixed bag there. Uh, I don't like seeing the, the, the same idiots and, and really the untrustworthy idiots uh, that probably don't own any Bitcoin. They just want to look like they, look like, like they do, saying that the Bitcoin is going to replace gold because this is not going to happen. We continue to be very bullish on gold and silver. Uh, this is the most bullish that I've been on gold and silver since I first recommended it in 2003 in the second ever newsletter that I did in the VRA. So what is that? How many years ago is that? 17 years ago? I loved it then. It went on a massive run, surging a couple 300%. The miners really took off. We made a lot of money in those stocks then. I like this group more now. And I think in the future, we're going to find out why that's the case. We're talking about inflation coming back, probably stagflation, folks, as it looks now, uh, where uh, growth uh, is going to be stagnant around the world as debt does become a problem but that gold and silver would surge higher in that environment. That's just what happened in the late 70s, uh, early 80s when gold took off. Okay, folks, as always, thank you for listening. I hope you have a, a great week, an even better weekend, and we'll see you back here again Monday after the close.